Boss! 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 Like, Liz Lemon as a nine seed is annoying because Liz obviously kicked Jack Bauer's ass, but, like, that's she's just right. going to get fed to Tony Soprano. And I can't – I love 30 Rock, but you can't vote against Tony Soprano. Same Back thing. Leon Black, dude. Tyrion Lannister is like a cl- – he's going to go top two probably. Welcome to – This is <laughs> oh, Sam and Jack recording in quarantine. We never record together, but still it's weird. How are you doing, Jack? You recovering? I'm more isolated than ever. I went outside for the first time in ten days today. Um, did you did you did you catch the cronies? It was stinky. Um, you know, I didn't think I did, and then it kept the sickness kept going. Um, and then what really cinched is when I couldn't smell the shampoo I was putting on my head, and I was like, "Yep, this is probably it." Um, oh but you can't get tested right now, so we don't know. Well. In positive news, I don't have the virus. And even better news, the cafe I worked at is considered essential business, so I'm still getting hours. And people are heavy tipping, so I'm getting good money. <laughs> that is good to know. I guess there are perks living in Boulder after all. Yes, because Boulder people cannot stay inside for the life of them. And they also can tip. And they do like to tip. Yeah. I mean, really, and also it's gorgeous out, and where else would you rather be? And there's a million reasons to live in Boulder. I'm glad you're doing so well, though. Well, my other job got canceled because I work at a concert venue, but it's okay. Um, well, we are doing a CU podcast. There's actually CU news to talk about, which is fantastic. We have not been doing anything. I haven't been wanting to write anything because I've just not really been in a mental space where I want to write anything, you know? You're usually like that. <laughs> Look, man, I write about recruiting. No one can recruit right now. So it's kind of boring. But um, Oh, I mean, there was some recruiting news. Lay it on me. Or rumors. Okay. With a, certain, with a certain star running back recruit tweeting ambiguous things. Oh, yeah. Well, we, I guess we don't know. We don't know if Shaq Clayton's actually going to make it to Boulder after all. But um, – I mean, it's a wait and see for almost everyone in that class. A lot of people seem committed. He, I mean, Shaq Clayton seemed committed more than once upon a time. We'll just have to see how they end up. Uh, I mean, if we want to go just straight into it, it's kind of good that everyone is stuck not recruiting right now because that means Carl Durrell has extra time to evaluate and figure out what he's going to do long-term with the recruiting plan while not comparatively not losing ground, you know? Because if no other coaches can recruit, him being a first-year coach means less. Because no one's establishing so, relationships. So basically the galaxy brain is, if you can't recruit, then this is a great time for you. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's a, kind of a good and a bad time to have a brand-new coach. Because everyone's falling behind, which means that comparatively you're not as behind. But on the other side, uh, you still can't implement spring football game planning or weight training or anything that makes football worth watching. So um, if we do, in fact, have a season in 2020, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. Um, also, some football news while we're on the topic. Um, Tedrick Thompson 
got cut by the Seahawks today, so that's great news. How dare they? You know, how dare they? If only Thompson hadn't been, honestly, probably the worst starting safety in the NFL last year before he got hurt. Uh, hopefully he can bounce back next year if he's now healthy. Hopefully he'll go somewhere good. And All I heard was starting safety in the NFL. Exactly, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. He had two interceptions in six games. That's good. Um, don't pay attention to his mistakes. Um, and also, Tedrick Thompson's still my favorite player from that team, besides Chido Bambuzier. Um Well, you're insane. Really? I, I, just love, I love Cheeto so much. Well, no Cepho? Um, fuck. Um, no Phil. Uh, I, it's a four-way tie. Uh, we also have the news of uh, Jimmy Smith re-signed with the Ravens. So that's cool that he gets to spend his 10th year with the best team in the NFL. His 10th year? Yeah, I think wow. so. He got drafted 2011. Yeah, he played 2011. This is going to be his 10th year. Good for um, him. Let's see. what. Who else is in the NFL? Philip Lindsay is now a backup running back and Melvin Gordon, which is ridiculous because uh, he's better than Melvin Gordon because Melvin Gordon sucks. I am a... I, I've I've had Austin Eckler in fantasy leagues the past several years. And Colorado Austin native. Eckler, yep, I was about to say he's from Eaton. I played. I grew up playing sports against Eaton, and we lost every game every time. Uh, I actually know the guy who backed him up at Western State. Um, wow, hard job. But anyways, um, look. NFL doesn't matter. It's all about college sports. Hey, so all I know is I know, Melvin Gordon. I know, but it's, it's news. It's news. The I, only I, I'm just saying sports. Melvin Gordon should have a place in your heart as the man who held the college football rushing record for one week for until one Samaj P. Yes. Ryan <laughs> beat it. But he, run, he ran for over 300 yards in three quarters against Nebraska. Yes, so. and Samaj P. Ryan broke the record against one of the worst Kansas teams of the worst Kansas decade ever. And he used four quarters. Melvin Gordon yeah, sat after the third quarter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the only news that's really happening right now is NFL free agency, which I've never paid attention to. But yeah. now since it's the only thing to read about, I'm, like, devouring it. And I I'm know just glad that I mean. the Patriots lost Tom Brady. Yes, and it's fucking hilarious that he's on the Buccaneers. <laughs> and... Okay, so there's that, and then there's NFL draft news, which I want to talk about, but I don't think you want to talk about. And then say what you need NBA. to say, man. I just, if Michael Pittman Jr. and Brandon Ayuk are drafted before Visca, I'm going to be fuming because they're not better receivers. Um, no, Ayuk. I mean, Ayuk is fast. That's about it. Like, Michael Pittman is like a good Ayuk. receiver. Yeah, that's fine. I want just, Judy to be drafted ahead of him and Henry Ruggs, and I, I maybe that that might be the end of the list for me. Also, I if if Henry Ruggs gets drafted before Jerry Judy, I'm gonna throw something. You know he will. Good. It's all about athleticism. God, no, Jerry Judy is absurdly athletic too. He's just a different type of athlete. God, this is this is the type of thinking that Darius Hayward Bay went seventh overall. Oh, I love him though. He was so fast. I know that's literally the only thing though. I, Henry Ruggs is better. Henry Ruggs is better. He's more complete, but he cannot be viewed as a complete number one receiver for now. 
he can develop into that, but we it's like Jerry Judy and C D Lamb are number one receivers the second they step on the field. You know what's crazy is it sounds like a few buffs, and look, you know more about this than I do. A few buffs have played themselves into the draft, or at least higher up into the draft um, than I expected. Yeah, so like Davion Taylor, who's played all of like three or four years of competitive football, uh, he's rising into like be a third or fourth round draft pick as an outside linebacker just because of like his, uh, I mean, he's an athletic freak. He's a track star who plays linebacker. He's like 6'1", 225, and runs like a 4'3", or something ridiculous like that. Is that right? I don't think it is. I think think he ran – I forgot what he ran at his pro day. It was something gross. Yeah. Um, But then, like, his – like, he's all upside, all upward trajectory. He's learning the position, and everything is clicking for him. And so it's really great to see. Like, I hope some cool team – I just want him to go to a cool team, I guess. Like, like, I don't want him to go to the Buccaneers. Well, <clears throat> if he goes to a team that he can just sit and develop for a while, that that would be nice. Yeah, yeah I want. Him I don't know who that is. I don't know what the NFL defensive juggernauts are. I guess the Patriots probably. I don't know. The, I want the Ravens to get him. Well, I want the Ravens want to the, get everyone. I want like, the Ravens to get Lavisca Chenault, Davion Taylor, and not Steven Montez. I want them to draft Lynn Bowden. More importantly, mm. um, the Kentucky receiver yeah, running give back. give up on throwing the ball. Um, <laughs> well, the point is, I want Davion to go to a team that will develop him and have cool uniforms because he deserves to go to a team with cool uniforms. Well, um, I'm oh, just glad that he gets to be drafted. Yes, and it's going to be, so yes, he's looking that third, fourth round pick. Visca is looking mid to late first round pick in some mocks and then early second round picks in other mocks. And it looks like other receivers might be passing him, but those receivers aren't better than him. They're just, they played in with better systems, I guess. Well, and, uh, you know, we all knew this, but LaVisca is so unique that it kind of depends on what options the people drafting him has because it it really is a lot about the fit with him yeah like like if he goes to a team like the 49ers who i don't think they would draft him because they already have debo samuel but like like a creative team that can get him in space get him moving side to side um that would be so fun like the ravens uh i just wanted to go to it like a creative team do you have any favorite landing spots for him Saints would be really fun. Um, Ravens would be pretty fun. Um, I don't know enough about the NFL. I guess probably the 49ers would be pretty fun, like you said, but they have Debo Saints. I mean, Chiefs, obviously. I'm looking at the draft order right now. I don't don't know enough about – just do the fun teams. Go to the fun teams, which, you know – is zero if you ask me about the NFL, but whatever. No, if you don't, if you don't think the Chiefs and Ravens are fun, you're just being. Uh, here's what I think: the Chiefs and the Ravens are the most college football out of the NFL teams, which makes them the most fun. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Also, the Carolina Panthers are very college football. 
until they got rid of Cam. But also, I did appreciate the Cincinnati Bengals impersonating the Kansas Jayhawks the past couple of years. <laughs> oh, they're bad. <laughs> um, also, like someone's mock draft had Visca falling all the way to number 46, which is awful. But then you look at 46, and it's the Denver Broncos. So, I mean, oh, that he'd be, be a favorite. That would be, that would be a fun offense. I would be. That would be a very fun offense. Um, if he fell to like also like the Dallas Cowboys, that could be fun, just because he'd look cool as hell in that uniform. Yeah, and it's hometown team for him. Yeah, but well, he he grew up a Miami Dolphins fan, so there's also that to look for. Because of Ricky Williams, probably. No, because of his dad. Oh, um, his dad. Was, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then the, the, the I guess the other draft update, this draft update's going way too long, so I apologize um, to you, Jack, not to the listeners. Uh, Thank you. Steven Montez, Steven Montez is looking like he's going to get drafted, which is a little bit wild, but it makes sense. Like, he was always going to be a late riser because he's 6'5", 240, and ran a four, like a sub 4'7", 40-yard dash, among other stuff. Like, he has a cannon arm. He looks great in practice. And then on the senior bowl game, he was really bad, but yeah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, and then like like Mel Kiper wrote about him that he's like, if you're looking for talent in a quarterback late in the draft, he'd be the guy you go for. Can you please do your Mel Kiper voice? I don't. I can't even. I don't even know what he sounds like. I mute the TV when he shows up. <laughs> uh, but he was saying basically that teams are thinking of him as like a. Uh, like something of a raw, undeveloped talent who I guess like he started three years in college, but he's getting a lot of excuses made for him because he played for like three different offensive coordinators. Um, didn't really have stability with the offense, even though he had uh, like Philip Lindsay as his running back. He had a stacked receiving core his first year starting, and then he had Visca and Tony Brown. Katie Nixon, so I don't really see how that's much of a thing. <laughs> My issue um, with Montez is that he just doesn't read the field very well. I hope and don't he I hope he doesn't take this poorly. Not that Steven Montez listens, but man, I am going to appreciate the day that I don't have to talk about Steven Montez. Because <laughs> yeah, he yeah. unfortunately was talked about a lot over the past two years. Yeah, and like my thing was always like I defended Sefo Lofau more than anything. I was so protective of him. And I think I was protective of Steven Montez at a point, but it was out of habit because I was always protecting Sefo. I think enough people protect Steven Montez. Well, he was the classic backup quarterback, better than the starter. Um, well, Sam Neuer was too, but Sam Neuer went to safety. Wow. I forgot about Sam Neuer. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. <laughs> Wait, me, Sam, or Sam Neuer? Uh, well, I'll just stick with Sam Neuer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's um, get to basketball news. Basketball, basketball, basketball. Basketball. So we got the transfers that we expected. Jakob Dombeck is leaving the program mm-hmm. after a redshirt year and then a year on the bench. He just didn't really develop. He still might be a good player for someone, some, but I'm fine with someone else taking that chance. Yeah. Um, and then Dalen Kuntz left, 
um, which isn't really a surprise, which is kind of sad. Writing on the wall. Writing on the wall. He, he started losing minutes to Eli Parquet, who was just better than him. Um, also, yeah. I would like to give a shout-out to the pot, the Free Ballin podcast, the other podcast that's worth listening to. Uh, there's only two of them. Um, <laughs> and they were talking about like the glut of guards who were good enough to get minutes, but not good enough to run away with the job. And they said one of those guards would be unhappy and they would transfer at the end of the season. And they thought it would be Eli Parquet, but it was Daly. Yeah, I, I mean, Kuntz just seems like a classic small small school situation, um, not in terms of college, in terms of high school, where he dominated a pretty lower level of competition, which is Colorado basketball, got called up to the big leagues, and the, the things he used to dominate that lower level no longer worked. Um, no, he was, he was good in spurts his freshman year because he was aggressive, and he was attacking the basket. He was actually good at that. And I then, know, um, but once people saw that on film and they said, hey, don't let him dribble into his left hand, then nothing else happened. Yeah, yeah. And then he, like, he lost his confidence. He started taking disgusting jump shots. And then he started turning over the ball at a ridiculously high rate. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, we don't know where these guys are going to go. Um, I think Jan, J- Jakob Dombeck is going to, in, like, Two, three years from now, we're going to see him playing on some team like like Missouri or something like that. He's going to be like a good bench player, and we're going to be confused and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. And he's <laughs> actually going to be a good player. That's going to be weird. And I think Daniel Koontz, Koontz, I think, is going to end up somewhere in like the West Coast Conference and be playing for, like, Pepperdine or something. Um, that's a good guess. Who Pepperdine's coming to Boulder, was, by the way, next year. Um, oh, actually, like, Wyoming. As the, as yes, the, I was about to say, Wyoming's a pretty good fit. They just hired Northern Colorado's former head coach, who's a Tab Oil disciple. Um, okay. So he would put in a good word, presumably, and that he would do well there. Okay, that's funny, because I was just thinking of, like, what uniforms would Dalen Coons look normal and the YO one sounds about right. Okay, I'm taking over now because I'm excited to talk about this. So, yeah. Okay, the next news. Well, so there's yeah, so there's five scholarships open now. There were there are five scholarships available for the 2020 class. Um, okay. Tyler so Bay. Yeah. Tyler Bay has declared. Yes. I was trying to build up to that. Oh, okay. Well. I was gonna say I was gonna <laughs> recap that the the four scholarships open. Shane Gatling graduating, Lucas Seward graduating, and then Dalen Koontz and Jakob Dombek leaving. And then the fifth is Tyler Bay declaring for the draft. <laughs> um, and presumably, I mean, he's signing with an agent. You can still return after you sign with an agent, but um, Tab Boyle's comments make it seem slash make it so that Tyler Bay is not coming back. And also, like, Tyler Bay's statement was, like, the tone of it was he was leaving. Like, McKinley Wright also declared for the draft, but we're not co- talking about that because he's going to come back. And he explicitly said he was testing the draft water. He's getting feedback, which he did last year, too. Um, yeah. But Tyler Bay, is, he got his feedback, um, and I, I think he's done with college basketball, which makes sense. I don't know how much he could have – 
I think he would have been a complete monster next year if he came back, but I don't know how much that would have actually helped his draft stock. So I don't think it would have helped anything because this draft is so bad. This is a horrible draft class. And <laughs> it's very weak. It's a guard-heavy draft class, and none of those guards are good. So the forwards with NBA size and athleticism are going to get overdrafted. Jaden McDaniels might be like a top 20 pick, even though he's done nothing except get benched at Washington uh, for the 12th place Pac-12 team. Um, so, yeah, Tyler Bay, I think that this is the perfect draft class for him because he's going to uh, be one of the very few players who actually plays defense and has the size and has a decently projectable jump shot. Um, and someone's going to say he can be a small ball four. Let's get him. I mean, he has a nice stroke. Um, ironically enough, I saw a mock draft recently that have the Thunder taking him at number 27. Um, I'm looking at that right now. Which and Andre Robertson was also drafted after surprisingly declaring his staying in the draft his junior year, um, and he went to the Thunder at number 27. And because Bay would actually draft. presumably – be a replacement for Andre Roberson, who's had a real tough time coming back from a brutal knee injury. Yeah, I don't think Andre's coming back. Um, yeah. Um, so that would be the 25th draft pick uh, the Thunder have. Mm-hmm. And that's about what we've been expecting for Tyler Bay. Um, a lot of mock drafts have had him in the early second round. But like when you're competing with players who aren't really going to project to the next level. Like, I know this is going to hurt you, but like Vernon Carey being a massive center who doesn't know how to play in space. But he's so good. Um, I know, but that player just doesn't exist anymore. Unfortunately, I wish they did. Um, and then like, like Jaden McDaniels, as I said before, like someone who doesn't actually play good basketball, but they have size and can theoretically shoot. So they're going to get overdrafted. Like, players like that. So those are who he's competing with for in the draft. Um, and I think he's more of a proven commodity than a lot of those guys. Yeah. I mean, you can throw him out anywhere for 15 minutes. He'll give you boards. He'll play a solid defense. And he'll give you a few buckets. Yeah, and I think, like, I think he can shoot the corner three um, enough to stick. Well, um... While I wish he was coming back, I understand the, why he's not. Um, and that leaves the fifth scholarship available for, for CU. Um, the interesting thing about that is they were basically planning on having two scholarships available, and they filled those early um, in a very tab oil fashion. They they got the recently crowned Colorado Gatorade Player of the Year, which is Dominique Clifford, or Neek Clifford, um, who dominated in 3A basketball. Um, pretty nice four-star yeah, recruit um filling the other scholarship is is colorado native luke Bri- luke o'brien excuse me who is the 5a player of the year um and he dominated that level of, of colorado basketball so the plan was originally to have the colorado gatorade player of the year Nick clifford and the 5a player of the year luke o'brien and those are your two guys he got them early um clifford projects as a better college player but they're both solid right now in high school um i i love dominique clifford's game 
Like, he's I ready really to play like, pretty early because he's pretty polished. Yeah, he's big. He's like 6'5". Well, like Luke O'Brien is 6'8". So they both oh, have okay. size. No, I know, oh, know Luke O'Brien. Th- actually, Luke O'Brien is bigger than I thought he was. Um, but no, like, like Clifford, for being a lead guard, he has like literally like Spencer Dinwiddie size. Like, mm-hmm. That's how big he is. Yeah, um, and he, he can get up there. He can definitely jump. Um, and this isn't him just dominating a shitty competition, because it kind of is, but like, he's like good, and he's smooth, and he has like a really clean jump shot. This isn't like Koontz being like 6'2", Dominique Collier being like 6'2", and just being more athletic and more skilled than everyone else. Like, Clifford doesn't look like, like he looks like he belongs on different courts. Like well, he like what helped him is he dominated camps too. So like oh, other yeah. four stars were left in his wake. Anyways, those are the two that were planned. And and now CU has three more scholarships to play with. Um, and Tad Boyle's pretty much doing trying to do a one-to-one match with replacing the production that's leaving. So Tyler Bay's leaving. Um, CU suddenly becomes connected and is in the top three for Jabari Walker, who's a skinny athletic power forward in Arizona. Um, it's in between St. Mary's Cal and Colorado right now. Um, you know, they got connected pretty quickly to a six ten center out of Texas, a Juco guy named Carlton Lingard. Um, that would presumably oh, take some of Seward's Seward's minutes. I know perfect big guy name. Carlton Lingard. Yep. And he's kind of so solid and he's, pretty thick defensive guy. So kind of different than Seawork, but he would take some of Bay's um, production and, and put it in Seawork's frame. Whereas Jabari Walker is, he can shoot the three. He's more offensively skilled, but he, he fits Tyler Bay's physical profile more. Those are two guys yeah. he's being connected with. And then the other thing is almost every single high major transfer guard is being connected to Colorado in some way. So where you know, do you ha- see this? I don't, ha- I don't this know. This is on Twitter, my man. Ugh, okay. Like half of Wichita State's roster transferred out. And a lot of those are guards. So you got connected to most of them. Jamarius Burton is probably the most exciting one. He's a six four point guard who averaged like ten a game last year, five assists. Um, but at, you know, a lot of people were being connected to him. There's a shooting guard from Rice who's just a straight gunner. He shot two hundred threes last year. Um, you know, a a bunch of different ways to replace Shane Gatling's production. Um, and it's not like there was much Shane Gatling production to begin with. Well, Clifford and, and O'Brien were already slotted to, to take some of those minutes. I don't know if Luke O'Brien's going to play. Bartholomew too? Well, that's probably who's going to f- jump into the starting lineup based off everything we've heard. I don't know. Heard. See, oh, wait, everything we've heard. I, I haven't heard anything. I just know that. Bartholomew, at least last year, and I'm, he's had a year to develop, but he was so raw. Like, he was learning how to play basketball at a high level. Well, um, and the main thing was physically he was so raw, too. He was just super skinny, could not hold up. Yeah. He just would not. So they both both sides made the smart call and got him in at college early, but redshirted him. Um, everything we've heard, though, is, is that he's super skilled. He's probably the like most athletic guy on the team. Um, And he can take a lot of the pressure off from Kinley. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He's so fast. Oh my God. Um, 
Anyways, long story short, these extra three scholarships actually CU's done a pretty good job prepping for that, and they're in a position to, if they don't completely strike out, look still solid for next year. Um, and if, if they get a guy like Lingard and then also a high major transfer, maybe one that's eligible right away, um, it goes from a semi-rebuilding year to another high expectation year, in my mind. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, like, I mean, even if they don't necessarily hire, like, sign someone who can step in to replace it. Sorry. Basically, I'm looking at a team that's just the pieces they have coming back, and I think that they're good. Like, I think that's an NCAA tournament team. Um, uh, interesting. Maybe. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's just maybe it's just hurtful in my head because I I don't want to I don't like imagining a team without Tyler Bay and Lucas Seward because yeah. then you live so you live with of, Dallas Walton and Evan Bass. Like, like, so the defense CU's defense wasn't as good as it should have been with or without the slide at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the strengths when it was good it was because their team defense was excellent. And that was because of communication, everybody rotating well. And it was like Deshaun Schwartz erasing people on the perimeter, McKinley Wright being a hound, and like Evan Batty just like clogging space. And I think that that stuff should carry over without Tyler Bay. Um, it's just like 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 if you put in Batty and Walton in the starting lineup, for instance, your defense will be like as good. It's you're going to be much worse offensively, but that's a different question. I'm just saying that this team is still like really good at defense, and that was Bay's best attribute. It's it's tough to take a 14 point, 10 rebound a game hit from one person and say it's it's going to be completely covered up. I think you're right in that. I don't think it'd be completely covered up, but it would be like it'd still be a good defense. I mean, senior McKinley, junior Batty is still a really good duo. Um, and, and you add senior Schwartz on the wing, that's really fun. Um, yeah. Exciting young guys like Bartholomew and Clifford coming in, that's also really fun. Parquet developing, he can really turn into a monster. Oh, um, yeah. Like, we haven't even talked about, like, a George King, like, jump from Parquet. Which is totally possible. Yeah, please go. Either way, um, I think it's really nice if we can say we're also adding, a, a you know, a skinny – Six eight guy that can shoot the three and, and go off the dribble, play power forward in spots, and then also a, a pretty thick Juco center that's just a defensive anchor. Um, and then you can also say, you know, if we add a gunner from a high major conference who's just ready to roll right, right out of the box. And, you know? and can actually shoot. <laughs> Poor Shane Gatling. Never got it as the way he should. But, you know, yes, you're I correct. Like, I- so... You're correct. I, I like Shane Gatling a lot, and I think he's underrated for doing the little things exceptionally well. Um, it's just like like they could have he could have been better. I guess. Um, I have high expectations of Dominique Clifford. Um, I should probably temper my expectations because I thought Dalen Coons would break out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I well, we know Tad doesn't like to play freshman that much if he can help it. So. Well, I would I mean, expect. Depends how good the freshmen are. Um, in some ways, in other ways, not really. He'll do everything possible to to not do that. So, oh, okay. I guess Spencer Dinwiddie came off the bench. 
Yeah. Uh, McKinley Wright and Tyler Bay and Short started because they were it was like an all freshman team. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I, I guess I see what you're saying, but I, I like those guys on the bench because like the bench rotation was disastrous at times this year. I think if like where the season went wrong, it's because those minutes were just like see you as like minus five, minus ten whenever they put in that bench for long spurts. Um, and I think like shoring that up with players who actually like know what's going on and can dribble the ball will be a bonus. Yeah, I'm. You know, it's hard to to really know what we have with Clifford and and O'Brien. I would not expect O'Brien to play as much as Clifford does, but yeah, um, we know that his boy Stratting is still going to be there. Alex Stratting still going to be there, taking up minutes, trying hard, doing his thing, getting red face. Um, he didn't play very much this year, you know. He played like twelve games. Yeah, but there was a kind of a logjam. And now that Seward and Bay are gone, that's a lot of minutes up for grabs. And Dallas Walton's also going to be more healthy. God, I hope so. That guy deserves everything. Um, do you have any like like lasting thoughts about the season that you've been like wanting to get out? You know, I kind of want to go back and watch some of the games that I have saved up. I, you know, I watched every game I could, but you know, I just to think of the good times. I want to re- rewatch that Dayton game, and then to remember the bad times. I want to rewatch one of the Cal games. I think. <laughs> but man, just feels like Tyler Bay should have been more. Feels like his, his I, legacy should have been more. Yeah, I I agree with that. He was more frustrating than. Statistically, he's he's right up there with Josh Scott in in terms of career contributions. He had a better season probably than a single one Josh Scott had. But for some reason in my head, Josh Scott is this giant figure in CU basketball, and Tyler Bay I don't think got to that level. I think it's because you knew if you passed it to Josh Scott, he was going to get a bucket or a foul. And if you passed it to Tyler Bay, you didn't know if he was going to lose the ball or – like back down because I think like I think my lasting impression with Bay is that when he played against really physical teams, this is my actual worry for him in the NBA. Is when he played against length and athleticism, someone who was tough and could fight him, mm-hmm. um, he he faltered, like he like got smaller almost. Like like how does Zeke Naji just jump over you for fifteen boards? Well, he does that to like, like everyone. I know, I know, I know. It's just an example. Like, like, like he shouldn't do that to you because you are the NBA athlete who was leading the, the country in defensive rebounding rate the season before. I, you know, I think the other thing is maybe it's, it's perspective or, or how I'm looking at it, but I, Josh Scott's senior year, he dragged a team that had no guards and George King to the NCAA tournament. <laughs> and in Tyler Bay's last year, we knew this team was going to go to the tournament and we didn't get to see him finish that fight. The other thing is they ended so disappointingly. It's hard to look back at the full season. Yeah, it's hard to go. It's hard to taste the full donut if the first, if the last by the donut sucks, right? I mean, I'm personally, I'm not really disappointed with any one player besides like in the, of the major rotation players. I'm not disappointed with any of them, how the season ended. I think it sucks. And like 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 Deshaun Schwartz I wish would have hit shots. But I don't think that he should have been better, I guess. Right. 
I don't know. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with all these extra scholarships. Um, and, you know, what else is there to follow right now? Yeah. Um, man, I hope he goes to an NBA team that can develop him. Because I'm, I'm afraid of him spending two years in the G League, getting opportunities in the NBA, not really doing well, and then the team looks up and realizes he's 25. Wow. I, I, I could actually see him spending about two years in the G League, probably. Yeah, I, that's, I'm worried about that. Um, but it's weird because all the CU players that really got more than a cup of coffee in the NBA have stuck around for as long as they've been drafted. Like, uh, Burks, Burks is Burks just in his what tenth year? Alex yeah, Burks. Like, oh yeah, he was drafted in 2011, ahead of Clay Thompson and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yes, um, deservedly so. Yes, uh, <laughs> still the better player. He's currently chugging along, or was chugging along with the Philadelphia 76ers. Dinwiddie is doing well with the Nets. Um, Andre Robertson. Blew out his knee, basically. So, mm-hmm. Hasn't played since nice seven years. Hasn't played since January 17. Yep. And Derek White uh, is obviously, I mean, he just got reinserted. He's mixing between starting and being the sixth man on the Spurs. Yeah. Um, and then, like, George King played, like, six games for the Suns and then went to Europe. Eskia Booker, G League All-Star. Xavier Johnson, <laughs> G League All-Star. If you look up Derek Jones Jr., who is my favorite player to watch in the whole NBA, if you look up his G League highlights, you'll see a lot of lobs from Ski Booker. What a guy. And yes, well, uh, that's it for me. Is that it for you? I'm concluding by admitting that I watch G League highlights. <laughs> okay. okay, and I'll conclude by saying it's absolute garbage that Peggy Olsen just got knocked out by Cersei Lannister in this TV character bracket. It's untenable how oh my god i can't guys please watch mad men okay just do it okay is that the one elizabeth moss plays yes okay all right goodbye boss boss <laughs>